0: Parents come to me when they're not dealing with a chinach issue, dealing with crisis. And that is the first super important thing to always keep in mind. When you're dealing with a sick person or a crisis or somebody different, even if it's not sick, whatever it is, all regular ideas, what should be, what we normally do, what we normally say, what we normally guide, goes out the window. We do this naturally when when a child is physically ill. God forbid, a child has a sickness, sickness. They're in the hospital. Nobody says, "Oh, she didn't say please. She didn't say thank you. She's not dressed properly. She's not behaving properly." Everybody says, "Hang on. She's going through a terribly hard time. We're going to tolerate because that's not who she really is. She's going to get better. You want to teach lessons after she's better. You could teach as many lessons as you want. But when she's going through a hard time, so now I deal with parents where the kids are going through a hard time." Do we all recognize, just by raising your hand, that is going through a really hard time?
1: And don't feel pressure
0: if you don't feel that way or if you want to abstain or you feel, no. okay, now people go through a hard time, look like they're angry, look like they're spoiled, look like they're getting away with murder, look like they don't care, look like they're disrespectful. We have kids cursing. We have kids doing terrible things. They're going through a hard time. And the question is, how do we get them to five years from now, to 10 years from now, down the road for the next 80 years to be a successful, happy adult who knows how to behave? And what I've realized is that these kids at any age, we have 30-year-olds going crazy, but they knew how to behave at some point. They got the right training. They got the right chinuch. It's not like we forgot to play them Uncle Myshi. They know everything. They're not missing um, midos, and they're going through a hard time. When people go through a hard time, there's a lot of darkness in their mind. They become very selfish. They're not thankful. They're not appreciative. Each kid, I'm not describing khani. I'm talking about all the parents who come to me. Some kids are hurting themselves. Some kids are getting drunk. Some kids are on drugs, doing a lot of sin. They're disconnected from the world that we really worked hard to create a bubble that they should have the best life. Spiritually, emotionally, have a life. And the kids, when the parents come to me, there's no future. Right now, there's no marriage. There's no stability. There's no future. There's no, they don't have anything to look forward to. We don't see that they could function as adults in the real world. And it's scary. It's very scary. Just raise your hand if you're with me
1: so far. And it's a big debate.
0: There's a lot of the world, they say, you got to teach her right from wrong. You got to show her consequences. Don't let her step on you. Say, young lady, this is not tolerated. If that would work, I would be so happy. I would be out of business. My life would be easy. I wouldn't sound extreme. I would just tell everybody what everyone else used to say. Just tell her. In our house, we don't walk around that way. In our house, you know, you want stuff. We have parents who have their kids. Oh, you're out of school, you're working, got to pay rent. But
1: the problem
0: with all of that is it sounds so right. But what are the results? That they smile and they say, oh, you're right, I'm sorry. And they get better. So I've learned a very easy,
1: simple trick. When we grew up 30
0: years ago, or before, this did not exist. There was no kids, Jewish kids, committing suicide on drugs. Nobody was dysfunctional. One out of a million, I don't know, not even 1%. Today, we have every single day in Kali Israel from kids, and it's by the not from kids also, kids killing themselves. Did that exist 30 years ago? No.
1: So something changed. Correct? Just give me an amen.
0: So if we're going to go back, like the Chavetz Chaim's example, he said that they won a war and then 30 years later there was another war so they went back with the same weapons and they lost and they said, what did we do wrong? You got to upgrade your weapons. You have to know the dar, the generation, the Nesiva Shalom, the Holy Nesiva Shalom who... He was a Rebbe, but he was so smart. He said that just like we have a general rule, raise, educate every child according to his way. Every child is different, right? You can't, you can't make the same rules for everyone. He said, you have to know how to educate the generation according to the generation. You can't come in with rules. We grew up, life was easy for parents. The kid misbehaved. Whack. No trauma. It worked. If you weren't so tough, you didn't smack, you gave a stern look. Whatever it was, punishment, kids are meant to be seen and not hurt. and don't do this and that. It was a very nice uh, little book they had there on treatment of kids. It's not the optimum, even then, and it caused a lot of people damage. Okay, but nobody killed themselves. Nobody decided, I'm not getting married Nobody said, I don't want to be a boy. I want to be a girl or I want to marry a girl. None of this confusion. Now we're dealing in a different world. If you're in the mainstream of any mainstream, I don't care if it's public school and you're successful, young Israel and you're successful, Satmar and you're successful, or Passaic and you're successful. If you're in a stream and you're basically successful, whether you're getting 70s, 80s, 90s, I don't care you're happy, you go to camp, you're good, you're in the box, you're the luckiest person in the world. What if you fell overboard?
1: Now, we don't do enough. Now, we do
0: long-term life-saving. Long-term life-saving. So, what actually works? So, what I've learned, very simple, is how do we treat sick people? This is a sickness, whether it's a spiritual sickness, whether it's an emotional, psychological, psychiatric, besides for the medicine that they may need. We, as parents and family, how do we deal with that kid going through a physical illness? Sure, they need the best doctor, they need chemo, they need, God forbid, whatever they need. But as parents, what what do we do as family, as loved ones, as neighbors? Naturally, we shower them with tremendous non-judgment, tremendous love. We don't say, how come you dressed like that? How come, imagine you came to my house and you came with a robe, with a hospital gown, and it's open in the back with your IV pole. We never criticize. We never assume that this is the new child, the new young adult, the new person, and this is the way they really believe. no great to see you. Love, even, they're not dressed the way I want. I, I'm not, They're off judgment. They're off grid. We don't judge. They're out of the box of judgment. How are you? How's it going? How are you doing? What can I do to make your life better? Look, I got you a beautiful necklace. Look, we're going on a vacation. We pump up their mind with life, with light, with fun. We spoil them. What's bad for a regular kid is good for them. Just like medicine is bad for a healthy person. But for a sick person, it's necessary and very good for them. And that's when, the, that's when the illness is physical. And still, emotionally, we spoil and we're there for them. And actually, what they're saying now is that it helps them fight the physical illness as well. A happy person who has family who loves them and who takes them to Disney World and all kinds of fun places, and everybody's busy with them and complimenting them, they have a higher chance at beating cancer. God forbid. How? How is being nice in the person's brain, helping them with their physical illness? It does. How much more so when the entire illness is not physical at all? It's all up here.
1: It's all up here. It's all darkness confusion,
0: pain, being lost. And people want to give a message. I will not look at you. I will not tolerate behavior. I have to teach you. You can't educate a sickness. You can't teach somebody in pain. All that'll happen is delete. You're out of my contacts. How many kids delete and block their parents? And how many parents Go ahead and make this mistake that in order to help their kid, they have to go ahead and they have to do these terrible things to disconnect from them out of love and out of pain. I'm just going to read to you because whenever something happens, constantly things are happening to me and I, I feel like it's meant to be shared. So let me share with you. This girl texts me. Can you help me? can you please speak to my parents? I said, if your parents call me, I'll speak to them. She's 17 years old. And
1: her parents threw her out of the house. She's homeless. And they won't speak to anybody. She said,
0: I don't think they'll they'll call you. She's homeless. You're going to make her better by by telling her. Now, nobody threw her out of the house. We don't do that anymore. We just tell her it's your choice. If you're going to behave normal, if you're going to dress the way we want you to dress, if you're going to function normal, right, then you could stay. And if not, you're better off somewhere else. That's like telling someone if you're not going to have fever, if you're not going to have COVID, if you're not going to have a sickness and you're going to behave like everybody else, you're welcome to stay. So now on top of the trauma that she went through, which she was sexually abused as a child, she wrote me, and she had to spend years of her life in trauma centers that didn't help her. On top of that, she has the trauma that she doesn't have parents. If you go to a healthy kid and take away their parents, they'll go nuts. Now we're going to a sick kid, and we're taking away, you're not good enough. It's a misunderstanding because they don't understand their behavior. It's a natural result of what she went through. And the parents, and then we have parents who kids at home, but they emotionally are disconnected. I can't look at you because you're not from. I can't look at you because of the way you behave. And it's difficult. But does that make them better? Did anybody ever become from because from people looked down at them and said, you're not good enough and taught them lessons? One person ever become from? Kadushas Levy says, Yitzhak from Bardichev says something out of this world, out of this world, and when you listen to it, it's so true, but it takes it takes like a medrish or, or it, it's unbelievable. Listen to what he says from the beginning of the world. Hashem did many great things to show his power. He turned over Steim and Amira, destroyed millions of thousands of people. I don't know how big it was. What about all the rest of the world? They heard about that. Anybody do tshuva? Not one. The Tower of Babel knocked it out. The Mabel. After the Mabel, no person, Nayach should have told everybody what happened. There should be no sin in the world. It says, Avraham Avinu and Nayach, they were tzadik mi'ikara. They were born a, a tzadik. That's what it says. Besides for them, not one Jew, not one guy, not one human being ever saw God's might and said, you know, I got to change my ways. And parents think that by taking away the credit card and by telling her we have rules in this house, young lady, and you can't bring in a boy and you can't bring that we're going to make bali Hashem didn't make one Balchuva. In Mitzrayim, Hashem did dam, tzvardeya, kinim, arayv. Do we find one mitzri that said, you know. I think I'm on the wrong side over here. I think we're going to lose this war. So how do you make up al tshuva? Says the Kedusha Slevi. It's very easy. Look at the Jews. The Jews in Mitzrayim. Mem Tesharitum bowing to idols. What did Hashem do for them? Before they did tshuva, He said, B'ni b'chayri Yisrael. You're my precious firstborn. The Medr says that Hashem told them, I love you more than heavenly angels who never sinned. What do you mean? They're bowing down to idols. They're spitting in God's face. It's not just like when your child or your grandchild or your sibling is sinning against you. sinning against Hashem. It's punching Hashem in the face. You're worried about Hashem. Here, he's Hashem. And he should say, hey, drop the idol and then let's talk. And Hashem says, I love you more than heavenly angels before Tshuva. And then he starts hitting the enemy. He starts beating up those people who hurt you. He starts being on your side. Dam Not enough. And then he kills all of the pain. And he pulls and he rescues you physically and emotionally. He took them out of slavery, that they're not slaves anymore. They're not homeless orphans that my parents don't like me. So painful to kids. No, you're mine. You're incredible. Me? I'm incredible. I bow down to idols. I stopped doing bris mila. Me? Yeah, you. And he rescued them. And then what did he do? What did he do? Think about it. We're Jewish. What works on all Jews? What did he give us?
1: Anybody know? Money.
0: (laughs) Grandpa liked that. Money. He gave us v'natsalos mitzrayim. Why do you have to give us money? You rescued us out of jail. Not enough, no. Made us rich. Made us rich. And then we're by to Yamsuf. Such an interesting question. My father always used to say over. It says, Ilu, If you would have given us the, their money, the Lanu car, but you didn't split the sea, would have been enough. So everybody says, we would have been killed. What does it mean? You give us the money, but you didn't split the sea? We were surrounded by an enemy that was going to kill us, and, and we had no defenses. So what's Diana? Why is that enough? So I say, we, we would have died, but we would have been rich, so we would have died happy. <laughs> My father says from the Basis, I don't know authentically where it comes from. I'm sure everybody wants to claim it from their rabbi. He says... With money, we could have gotten across the sea. <laughs> if you give us the money and you didn't give us Kriyasam, we, we would have gotten a boat. We would have, With money, you could accomplish anything. But he gave us money, and then he split the sea for us. And then he killed our enemies. And then all of a sudden, after they saw their pain is over, and they're rescued by their loving father, in spite of their sins, they didn't do tshuva yet. Forty-nine days later, they're on the highest level. 49 days. Highest level. That's how you make a Balshuva. You shower them with love. You give them tons of money. You make them feel you are my pride and joy while they're not. You you see who who hurt them, you take away their pain. Baba Vareva said, Rav Shlema, Baba Vareva said, and all the Tzadikim said, I have a collection of over 6,000. They all said, if you want to be of somebody, you want someone to change, first you got to take care of their Gashmias. You have to make sure they shouldn't have any daigas, they shouldn't have any worries. No pressure, no pressure. But pressure is very good for growth, for a normal person, not for her. Every kid, you get an allowance. Her, no allowance. I heard firsthand somebody went to the Gera Rebbe Shlita, so He said, I have a son, is a He said, my son dropped out of Gera, 16 years old, Chal of Shabbos. And the Rebbe said, Nemarup Allah von Take away all pressure from him. So he said, all, 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 what do you mean all pressure? He comes down to the Shabbos table. He's, not, he's in his underwear. He's, he's driving the car on Shabbos. He, he needs money. He needs, and the rebel went like this, and he never does this. He's very calm. He put his hands on his chair, and he went like this into his face, and he said, Alice, mind Alice. All means all. Very clear instruction. Pressure is not good. No pressure. No pressure to conform. No pressure to have to make a living. No pressure, take away pressure. Pressure is breaking them. Pressure is good for us to build us when we're healthy, like going to the gym. If you're healthy, you go to the gym, you feel stronger. If you're sick and you go to the same gym, you feel weaker. It'll break you. Alice might, Alice, no pressure. And that's what all that Sadiqam said. That's how you make a Baal That's how you get someone, it's not just if it works for Tshuva, it works for functioning, it works for school, it works for everything. That's how you get someone to be budget conscious. By doing this method, they become healthier. They think like a normal person. They need to be drenched, spoiled in fun. What's unhealthy for the other kids. The other kids might be very jealous. That's a normal reaction. When a kid has Nabuch cancer, We spoil them. They take them to High Lifeline, takes them to to Miami, to uh, Orlando, to Disney World. Other kids are saying, I want cancer. I want cancer. I know, Sheffield. Believe me, you don't want cancer. You want Disney World? We'll go to Disney World one day, too. But right now, your sister needs us to live. And intelligent children will say, Mommy, Daddy, do whatever you need to do to save my sister. And I'm willing to give up. And I'm willing to not be jealous. And sometimes it's a struggle. Struggles are okay. An sign is okay. You will rise above it. And in ten years from now, God willing, really she'll be healthy and stable. You're all a part of it. You'll realize your parents are wise. We don't have parents running around the house with baseball bats screaming and yelling and having heart attacks and pressure and anxiety. How should we calm? And the medicine is totally spoiling her. And in everyone's mind, it's like, well, yeah, you can't spoil her. Why? Why? Well, Because she'll be spoiled. So first of all, if she gets out of this mess, and she's happy, and she's healthy, and she gets married, and she's stable, and she keeps a job, and she's from, and she has a nice husband and nice children, and she's spoiled, and that's the side effect, I think we could all live with that. Comparing to the other thousands of kids who they commit suicide, they cut themselves. We have a kid, she moved to Montana. Of course she's going to marry a guy. There's no Jews in Montana. There's like one Chabad Shliach against 100,000 cowboys, and she likes cowboys. Why is she in Montana? Because she doesn't feel comfortable at home. Make her feel comfortable at home. If we have one more spoiled Jew, we can have one more spoiled Jew in the world. We'll make sure that when it comes to getting married, she marries a rich guy with a private jet. We can deal with that if we solve all the problems. But I got news for you. I have a secret. I'm doing this a long time. I've helped over 600 families. Surprise. They don't get spoiled. So even the side effect that we're nervous about does not happen. In fact... There's no way for you to believe this until you experience it. But you guys, the cons, you're here in group. You speak to the parents. They get the opposite of spoiled. Once they're healthy, they say, I can't believe how much you did for me. And they start helping the parents. Just today, I already have new parents. They're only here a few months. And the kid bought his mother a gift and started unloading the car. It's like, she's like, who is this? For two years, they didn't come to me. For two years, they did the regular advice to the point that he didn't talk to them and he moved out. Guess where he lives now three months later? family from Israel he lives home and he's sharing with them and he's helping his mother clean the, 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 the opposite of spoiled and it'll be even more and more when you save them she will these kids will will serve you for the rest of your life and there's so many stories to prove it so I don't even mind if we have a side effect everything has a side effect so the side effect is she's spoiled I could live with that but we, it's the opposite it's the opposite you have to be there for your kids And the other kids have to be dealt with. The other kids, you have to know that your parents don't love her more than you. They don't want to do this. They want to be normal parents. But she needs it. But you know that you have parents who will do anything in the world for you. You're so lucky. And you can be honest with them. They can handle whatever you go through. And they're not going to freak out. And they're going to be there for you. And your family is going to get upgraded to be... A tight family, a good family, and you're going to benefit from this. And if you don't realize it now, you'll realize it when you're older. How your parents went ahead and they did the derech of being makarif, avoisei sahava, only love, only friendship, only compliments. And the trick that the world is starting to figure out, because now this articles coming out from trauma and and from problems. They realized that the Dr. Phil method of sending kids away to boot camps failed miserably. And they're realizing that when you take somebody with darkness and you fill them with surprise and light and fun and no judgment, because that kills it, and no criticism, everything she does is amazing. And we love you. And we're flying here and we're going there. And we need money for it. It's medicine, it costs money they now realize that the neural pathways in the mind change from being a negative, depressed person to a happy person. We can change neural pathways of the mind. Good morning, America. I'm doing this for years with hundreds of families. You have to take away your shame and your pain. I'm embarrassed of her. That's your Nesayin. And you have to do the Hatzalah work to smile at her with a bigger smile than any guy on the street and to buy her her clothing and to be there for her and to be proud of her. And it's a little embarrassing because you're a nice family, but it's not 1986 anymore. Today, when everybody sees you, siblings, walking around with your arm around your sister, everybody says, that's the way we need to do things. That's the way. And that's what the Baal Shem Tov said to do clearly. That's what the Chazanish said to do clearly. That's what Rif Pam said clearly to do. That's what Rif Steinman said to do. And that's what Satmar Rebbe said to do. And that's I'm, why I'm collecting, I'm making a book. 6,000 stories and they all say the same thing. No criticism. Don't try to change her. Even if she asks you, which dress do you think I should wear? This one or this one? Say, honey, it's, a, it's an opportunity for a compliment. You look beautiful in anything. Let her grow. We'll know that we are doing our job when all of a sudden she starts acting more normal and being more stable and being more part of the family. And we can save every single kid. And the ones that are being lost, it's a waste because it's just, people don't work on themselves. You go outside on the street, even if she's not seeing us, and you walk three times and you say, Zah Kaparasi, Zah Khalifasi, Zed, And you show everybody in the neighborhood, this is my daughter, this is my sister, this is my granddaughter. And everybody says, nah, not everybody. You still have some whack jobs. And most people say, that's the way. Because Khalifashar is sick of burying kids. Every day, another kid. He had a heart attack, and aneurysm. Everybody knows, overdoses, suicides she's not homeless, she has a loving family in spite of anything that she does. Beni b'chayru Yisrael. I love you more than anything in the world and I'm going to carry you through all the darkness. Hashem gave us man in the midbar, magical food. And some Jews took the food and they gave it, they were it, they sacrificed it for Avai What the heck? It's magic food. It's not even pizza that comes from Hashem no it's magic food and they sacrificed it to idols what would you do if you were God next day no food for you you're on your own kid spit in my face what is it do it once whatever do it twice right what am I a toy it's a game I give you magic food. I give you money and you gamble. I give you money and you buy trafe. I, I give you stuff. I give you a car. You drive in a Shabbos. I give you money and you serve it. To, it's even worse than a sin. To the Abba saying that I don't run the world. He runs the world. You know what? Let him give you money. The guy's going to go outside. Where's the food? Where's the Uber delivery? Uh, as God, I would say, well, that, that cow that you think runs the world, ask him. He's in charge. The next day they got man again, says the Medrash. Why? No reason why. Because God is gracious. He needs to keep us alive, to give us sustenance, so one day we could have matan And sustenance is not just physical, it's emotional, psychological. We need to realize that every day we need to compliment her. We need to build a relationship where every single day she feels. Our tremendous dedication and love, which every kid needs. But now we've got to do it and make sure you do it for the other kids also. Not, not things that are bad for them. They don't need things that are bad for them. Could be a little cookie, could be a nice little thing, a little knapsack or things that they need to show your love with her. Because in order to show you love in her life, it needs to be bad stuff. And if there's any question about Allah, that's why every family that comes to me has a rub. If we have a halacha question, a shkafa question, the rav decides. But this is the derech that works. Believe and her, works really well. And this is the derech haTorah. We are derechah darchi noyam. We are sweet. We are peaceful. We don't fight. We don't scream. We don't yell. The only people that are doing that are people who are damaged themselves from from their trauma, maybe being raised by by parents who survived the Holocaust, and they're pain. I spoke to parents this week. I knew right away they weren't going to come to me. I spoke to them for an hour as an interview. I said, I really think I can help you. Their kid is homeless. The father is my age, but he grew up in a tough family. And I saw the way he's talking. It, he's still suffering from Hitler. I asked him, tell me the truth. Did you hate your father growing up? Was your father a mean, tough parent? He said, yeah. And that's all he knows, mean and tough. I begged him. I said, I think I could help you, but you're going to have to do a different approach. You tried your approach for a few years. The kid's on drugs. He could die. Try my approach. I got a text the next day from the wife. My husband said, not for him. It hurts me so much because I don't get paid. I do this for free. I don't care. Tell me you're not going to me and you're going to someone else who has a success rate, I'll be happy for you. you you're not going to NYU hospital. You wanna to go to Columbia, fine. He's not going anywhere. He's gonna do nothing to save his kid instead of coming to me. Cause I'm gonna demand from him to be kind and he can't be kind. He only knows power, control, and he'll, he'll make up reasons why it's necessary. But I'm the one who's the doctor telling you, it's not no power, no control. You come as you are. If she dresses respectful for you, it's bad, not good. You tell her, I don't want you to dress up for me. I want the real you. And then after she knows that and she dresses disrespectful and then she gets healthier and she's really internally happy at the level where she's happy to be respectful because that's who she is. That's great. But not to conform. Pressure to conform is worthless is meaningless. I just saw from, I forgot which Rebbe, it's part of my collection. Zen in Pressured things are worthless. You could pressure her for 20 years. We have kids who are dressing up for their parents for 20 years. We have kids who are married and they wear shetel, tzniyas, and then they go and they, they eat on Yom Kippur. What, why? Because you need to see it. Here, I want Yom Kippur. I want Shabbos. I want internal health and stability. I don't want fake, and neither do you. Even though it's a little bit harder to put up with someone who's struggling in this generation and having to watch all the bad, confusing stuff that they do. so that's basically what I do. Why are you here? Before we go on, just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down so I can know if we're on the same if, if I'm getting through to you, if it's making sense or it's not making sense. Grandpa gives a thumbs up. Grandma gives a, everyone's thumbs up. Pretty good. Anybody give, somebody give me a thumbs down. Somebody. Thank you. Get out. (laughs) Okay. So what are you all doing, Cap? It takes a village to save a child. If she doesn't feel love from mom, from dad, from brothers, from sisters, from aunts, from uncles, she won't make it. You're all a part of the team. And you will put here into this puzzle. By who? By Hashem. There's a reason why she's your sister. There's a reason why it's part of your tikkun, why you have to be here in this world. She needed to be there for you. You know, Zara HaKadar says that every family is a puzzle. And there's an extended puzzle of your friends and people in your life. But family is a puzzle. Grandparents, parents, big pieces, big pieces. Every kid. It's a puzzle. What does every puzzle have in common? The pieces are never square. The pieces are never rectangle. they're always in and out. Everybody has mylas. everybody has hassar. everybody has things that they're better at. everybody's missing something. nefesh. Hashem gave a hasin. Every person born is peace piece missing. Because it's your job to fill and to help your brother, to help your sister, to extend yourself. Instead of being square, just go out with Rachman, with Chesed, going out of your comfort zone, losing out for your sibling. Yeah, losing out, maybe your friends are going to whatever. Yeah, like Rachel Yemenu lost out for Leah, and she's going to bring Mashiach because you have a Kaye all of you, like Rachel Yemenu, to say to Hashem, look, I could say I don't want to be seen with my sister. I don't need this headache. I don't want my friends to know. I don't want my kids to know. I don't want to take her to shul. No, I'm going to give up everything to save her life. It's a very powerful Kaye that you all have. And that's why this was born into your life, this puzzle. And if you ignore it, there's two problems. One problem is you're over a lav in the Torah. So you're the sinner. Which love? Lipsar al t'salam. Lipsar t'salam, it says in the Maharshim, you're not allowed to not look at your flesh and blood that is suffering. Besides for every Jew that you can't ignore their suffering, even more, your sibling and Rambamul said, and it's a davar Pashat. It's not just money. If somebody needs money and you ignore them, you're over a lav. If somebody is in the hospital and you don't go visit, you're over a lav. somebody's suffering, someone's down, someone doesn't see a future, someone's off track, someone's spiritually off, and you're not makar the of them. Which is only through the influence of love. Like every Balshuva. Nobody came a came Balchuva by somebody saying, You're not good enough. Why do you have to do that? In my house, you can't do that. Only with love, with smiles. If you don't do that, it's a lava terri over a lava every time. You're gonna go up to you're gonna say, yeah, I didn't do all these haveris. Yeah, you did. You had a member put in your family by God that you didn't embrace and do everything that you were supposed to do. Scary. Scary. But can I scare you even more? No? You don't look so excited. I'll scare you even more. We just had this week's Parsha Parsha's Nayach. Look at the Kedusha Lady. But it's a Medrash, and it's an Arizal, and it's a Zayar Kaddish. Listen to this. Nayach, ish tzadik tamim hayibadei Raisav. You got an A+. Who could say, ish tzadik hayibadei Raisav? And so the king is halach neach. He comes up to Shemaim. We got good news and we got bad news. The good news is on your report card, straight A's. Great. The bad news, you have to go back down
1: to earth. The neshama that's basking in the shina is in the glow of Hashem does not want to go
0: down back to earth. Sing it with me. Oh dear Malacho no, I don't want to go. There's so much pain and evil. Right? It's painful for the Neshama to come down. He says, I don't stand. I got an A+. I did everything right. I'm a Tzaddik. I'm a Tzaddik. Why do I have to go down here? Says the Zayrakadish. Because you did great. But you were put in a situation where around you was a mobble, were sinners. And you didn't save anybody? You were going to Shachris and Mincha and Marev and Ratz and Hashem. Perfect. Aleph plus. You didn't give up any of that to save somebody? When it started raining, you didn't pull one guy on the ship? Not even your shviger? I always say it must have been a very uncomfortable conversation when noah was at the dinner table the night before the marble with his wife and she's like so um the hippopotamuses they're they're on board the elephants are on board everything seems to be going well my parents asked me what time should they you know be at the dock and noah is like uh yeah i'm really sorry there's just there's really just just no room like, we have, we have hippopotamus, we have elephants, we have giraffes. There's no room for my parent. Yes, yeah, sorry. Tell them next time, you know, we'll make a little, sorry. You know, and then she's like, that's not acceptable, Noah. My parents are going to be there. So he's like, okay, fine. Tell them to come at, um, boarding is going to be at 6 p.m. You know, like at 5 o'clock, the ship and leaves them. A little uncomfortable, right? You didn't save anybody? How could you live with people around you dying and not give up of your ruchnias for them? You got to go down. Big air, big sin. Very, very, very. A lot of pain. A lot of pain to go back down to this world. You have to make a tikkun. He was doing everything right. I have my shear and I have my dignity and I, and I have all the right reasons. Didn't save anybody. Got to come back down. But he had to come back down to somebody to be the misakein, that situation. So he had to come back as a tzaddik who was faced in the same similar situation of making a choice. Who did he come back down as? Anybody knows?
1: myshe Rabbeinu. myshe
0: Rabbeinu was a tzaddik, so he didn't have to deal with all the avarice and everything. And he was put into a situation where the Jews, they do the ego, and Hashem tells them, Hashem tells my I'm done with them. I'm going to destroy them. And I'm going to save you. And I'll build a Israel, very similar to the situation where Hashem tells Nayach, I'm going to save you. And the world will come from you. Over here, he says, the Jewish world will come from you. And the old Nayach would have said, sounds like a good deal. You're right. They deserve to be destroyed. They did the Ego. Okay, I'll be the, the head of have instead of It's Yitzhak Yakob. It'll be Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. No problem. And he would have been right. What did Moshe Rabbeinu
1: do? Would we have the guts to do that?
0: Stands up to Hashem and he says, no deal. No deal. Don't touch them. If you're going to go ahead and destroy them, Erase me from your story. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm done. There was no Mitzrayim. I didn't save anybody. I didn't do Kriyas Yamsov in in the movie with, with, what was his name, Charlton Heston. Not happening. Never happened. No one will ever hear of me. I never existed. I don't want any part in your plan of saving your people, leading your people. That whole thing that I went up to Shemayim for 40 days, didn't eat, didn't sleep. I was like an angel. I give it all up. Destroy me. I'm out. We're done. Can you imagine? Chutzpah, talking to Hashem like that, and with that, he didn't just save Klal Yisrael; he saved himself. That was a tikkun for his neshama. It says the Zayir Hakadosh, "Macheni, erase me," is the same letters as May Nayach. He rectified what was called the, the waters of Nayach, and it was called May Nayach. Not me'amabel. Why? Noach is blamed for the fact that the world was destroyed because he could have said, no. Noach could have said, you're not destroying anything. I don't agree to this. I, I'm going to save some people, at least my neighbor across the street. He's my Shabbos guy. He's very good. He always comes every Friday night. And he always, I always say, are you, are you hot? And he turns on the AC. Isn't it dark in here? Well, at least the Shabbos guy. At least, a, at least a handyman. After all, how could a Jewish family survive without a handyman? We're technologically, we're not, we're um, physically challenged. Who's going to fix stuff? Who am I going to call? Who's going to pay my house? Who's going to change my tires when I get a flat tire? This is before we had Hasidim doing chaverim. Uh, targets of targets of flat. Every Jew calls AAA, or or get a guy. You know, flag down a guy. Every guy they see a flat tire. They love a flat tire. Jews, sell the car. Sell the car. Got to get a new car. No flat tire. for We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with a flat tire. What's happening here? So I couldn't save the handyman. You saved nobody? Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm done with you. Nayach was supposed to do the same thing. It says from the Naim Ali Melech, it says that, Ne'ach was mikatmei ho'amuna. He was, he believed, but he didn't believe. What do you mean? He was the Ish tzaddik. He says, he didn't believe in himself. Naich was supposed to know, I am the Tzadik. He was the only one being saved. He was supposed to know who he is. And he was supposed to know, Tzadik geizer v'akodesh Baruch Hu He was supposed to know that a Tzadik can make a Hashem, and twist Hashem's arm. He was supposed to know that. A, that a, and he, he was allowed to say, Hashem, no mavo. I hear you. You're angry. Here, It's not happening on my watch. I don't want to be any part of that. And he would have stopped the model. That's what it says. Now, what does that have to do with you? You're old tzaddikim. You have a right to say, Hashem, not happening. We love this kid. We're going to sacrifice for this kid. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm so stable, or I'm so functional, or I'm so from, or I'm so whatever you think you are, that I can't tolerate bringing this lost, confused soul into my life. No, I'm going to dedicate my life, as every tzaddik does, and as we are meant to do. Dedicate ourselves. The strong have to care for the weak. This is your goal and your focus. And each of you has a responsibility. Meet al to It's a love, but it's an opportunity. This is how you get rich in heaven. Zaire HaKadosh says there's no greater reward no greater reward than learning, davening. Nothing comes close to shining your light and with sweetness and no criticism. He says exactly how to do it. Being Makar of those who fell away from the path of Hashem. So whether you want to save her spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, psychiatrically, mentally, doesn't matter. It's all the same medicine. No criticism. Walk outside. This is my sister. Oh, my friends I got your friends, not your problem. This is my daughter, this is my granddaughter, this is my niece, this is my nephew, this is my friend, this is my neighbor. That's what Khalifa is all about. It's a newfangled thing in the last 30 years that we started having problems. People said, Don't look at them, it's gonna be a bad influence, and instead of being Umud bin Asyan, they push away the Nasayan and we've lost thousands of kids who are dead will not have a future for no reason. For a, a fear that we can't be Makara people, it's bad for the other children. To get, the children are fine if you have wonderful parents and they're on board and they explain to the kids and the kids are explained to and talked to and we have plenty of lectures for kids. Yeah, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that you can overcome and be a better Jew. You never become a better Jew by running away from the challenge. You never become a better Jew By letting your sister or niece or cousin or neighbor die. I'm going to tell you one story, and then we're going to go to some questions if you have any questions, and then the Rav. There was a family that came to me, and they had three kids off the deck. It was very sad. They lived in Mansi. The Navaminskareba, Sjosyog and Leyna was very close to them. He sent them to me. So now, after the the kids who were living in different places, they all came home. They're all living at home. They're all welcome. So Shabbos, they will go outside to smoke, and the neighbors walking to shul, holy people walking with their little kids, they see a girl not dressing as, smoking a cigarette, they see the boy, and the boy has a girlfriend, and they're smoking, and they're passing by, and instead of saying, but Shabbos, hi, it's temporary, they change, If if we give the medicine we could save them instead of saying hi how are, or being a human being across the street they would go like this to their kids don't look and it came to a point that they made a meeting one guy was the rabble rouser they made a meeting in the whole block And they went to the rav of that community of that little cul-de-sac and shul and they said we can't live with these people anymore we can't we didn't move to Muncie to pay high taxes to have to be exposed to this are they right? Sure they're right. Makes a lot of sense. I hear their pain. This is what we're going to we'll expose our kids to Chil Shabbos and to Naznees and cars are going cars are going in and out. Cars are going in and out and in and out. What? What? Yeah. They threatened him. They got the school that his kids go to to threaten him. They said if you don't stop this Your kids can't, the seven-year-old kid can't come to school. And his Parnassa was tutoring. You're gonna lose all your Parnassa, nobody's, we're not gonna let anybody, you can't tutor their kids. You're not a fit tutor. And they had no choice and they stopped coming to me. So one of their sons ended up doing, uh, being arrested for armed robbery and he's in jail. Their daughter ended up with a black man and she has black children. Terrible ending of this whole story. A few years later, I got a call from a guy who came to me. My son is depressed for two years, and he's in his room. Can you come help me? It was that guy, that rabble rouser. He ended up being here. With a kid who was suffering and struggling. And he has smoke in his own house on Shabbos. And he has cars going in and out for his own kid. And that rabbi who got everyone against, he's the rabbi who sent them to me because they woke up a little bit too late, but they woke up and realized that it's our responsibility to save kids and everyone gains from it. And if not, who knows who's next? So it's very easy for this guy, holy guy and a nice guy to be angry at somebody else's until it was his own kid. And even the rabbi, until it was his own Friend, his Gabay of the Shul and Khazan, Baltfidla, whatever. And I know this guy is the nicest guy in the world. He didn't mean bad. We have to readjust our thinking and understand that this is our tafket of our door to save the struggling souls. And if not, no matter what you do, Tyre, us everything, you missed your purpose in this world. This is education for us and our children. To know what the darn needs. The generation is obvious from Hashem. So many beautiful, wonderful families and all they want is their kids to be healthy and happy and from. And, and they didn't sign up for this. It's everyone's job. Is everyone's job. And the medicine is clear spoiling with advice to so have a real love and using your relationship to uplift that person out of the darkness by inserting fun and gifts and you can't overdose. There's no, the more you do, the faster it works. And that's what we're all about and that's why you're all a part of the team.